that when we get our budget done, it's kind of like, whew, that was, that, there was a little bit of boxing in there, but we got it to where our numbers worked for us for that month. And, you know, there's some times where we're in the month that we're budgeting, we budgeted for, and we realize, you know, we got to make some adjustments. And so we talk about those adjustments so that we're not overspending in another category and we so that we're not both on the same page. And so we make those adjustments and uh, we encourage other people to do that too is, you know, eyeball your budget because the reality is no one knows what's going to happen even the next second of our life, right? And things come up. That's fine. So just making sure that you always know what's going on with your money and what's going on with your life so that you can adjust your money accordingly. Welcome everyone to episode number two of Wallet Talks. I'm your host, Jason Alexander, and I am here with a very special guest, the one and only Tiffany Alexander. And she's came on to this episode to give her perspective of what it's really light to budget with her spouse. Wow. Tiffany? With oh. you. Oh, with me. Thank you. Okay. Yes. I'm mean, just, just pouring clarity for the people. Yes. What it's really like. You know, you got an opportunity to tell your side. I liked the opportunity to tell my side. So challenge accepted. I knew the assignment and I completed the assignment. <laughs> challenge accepted. Okay. That's how we're doing this. So... Guys, stay tuned and wait till you hear what Tiffany has to say. I heard it. She did it on a separate uh, call for me. And so I, I sneak in. I snuck in and heard what she had to say. And she dropped some nuggets for y'all. So um, some definitely new pointers. So, all right. Now, let's get into our next segment. Our next segment. Guess what, Tiffany? What this segment is going to be called? Humor me. It's going to be called Did You Know? So in the Did You Know segment, we're going to throw out some interesting statistics that we found during our research. Tiffany is an excellent researcher. And we're going to give each other's feedback off of that. So for today, today's Did You Know comes from BlackDemographics.com. Right. So tell me, Tiffany, did you know what the median household income is for blacks compared to whites? In percentage or number? Um, let's just use dollar amount. I would think it's at least off by 30% or 30,000, I should say. 30,000. It's a $30,000 difference between black families and white families? Uh, at the minimum. Okay. <laughs> that okay. may actually be a little too conservative. All right. So the statistic says black households median income is 43862 So let's just say 44000 Okay. All right. That's yeah, not bad, I guess. I don't know. Um, in these times? <laughs> yeah. In these times with inflation. And you're saying about a that. family? Yeah. A family constitutes... Uh, it more just, than one person, obviously. It says household. So it's definitely more than one person. Okay, okay, so I guess one person. There's another one here. I'll read that one too, uh, where it says family. But household, 43,000 or 44,000 for black household members. Okay. Or, and for all other households, the median income is $65,712. Mm. Okay. 
So about so we're at forty. So the black community at household income is like forty four thousand. Everyone else is about sixty six thousand. Okay. So you weren't too far off. You said Not thirty. Too far. Right. Not too far. Correct. 20 but that's about, just for median household income. Yeah. So all right, they have one here. Said median family. So this is a bonus. Did you know? Median family income is for blacks fifty four thousand nine hundred thirty eight dollars. All other family median income eighty thousand nine hundred forty four. So that's where the thirty. That's where the thirty. And you didn't see this. You didn't see these stats. You just no, kind of guessed. I just guessed. Okay. So um, tell us what. How does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. What, what do you what do you get? What's your reaction to those a numbers? Whole segment on that, but give, give me a little tidbit. A little tidbit would be mm, a little. T- I mm, yeah, that's it got a, you that's, stump. That's a trigger. That's a trigger. Uh oh, that's a trigger. I don't know if we want to get there just yet, but um, I think there are situations and circumstances that have led to those numbers. Some of it is from our own doing, and some of it is more systemic. Okay, so what do you mean by our own doing? I think we all know Uh, what systemic is. What's our own doing? Our own doing is perhaps not being great stewards of our money. Okay. Or... And I don't even know if that's necessarily the case because that's about income. So perhaps it's because like you're earning. That's how much you bring it in. Yeah. Not how much you P- keep. Perhaps it. it's a belief system, a belief system as to what we believe our earning potential is, mm. and the knowledge that we feel like we possess to be able to get that type of money. I think sometimes when they're systemic things in place sometimes we will shortchange ourselves to adjust for that Ooh. so when you said that i think of immediately someone who's on a job a nine to five they are up for a raise or not only raise but they're just waiting for their annual merit increase mm-hmm. and they don't necessarily um Aspire for more. Aspire for more. They just whether take they, whatever they get. Exactly. And it can be either their own ambitions is not to go to a higher position mm-hmm. or that they haven't seen it. So they don't believe that they can do it. Oh, that's good. Because, you know, it also reminds me of for those people who are coming in or negotiating for a job. Yes. That when the offer is on the table, they'll accept whatever, whatever is a, uh, available. Yes. Not necessarily doing the research, like you said, believe that they are worth more. Yes. I know I did that when my first like professional job. Mm-hmm. I had the cockiness to say. <laughs> you got hung up on for that. Yeah. I, I, so don't tell the story. <laughs> the story is I was confident, came out of college with a, a degree in accounting, and I was like, yo, whoever's going to call me, I put on my, my resume to all the firms, and I said, I want. I said to myself, I want 40000 And the guy on the call was like, ah, yeah, you know what? That's uh, that's right outside of our budget. We're at 30. We, went, we was budgeting 36. And so, well, thank you for your time. Click. And I was like, oh, my gosh. What was that? 
apparently that was the screening call, right? Yes. Yeah, so it made me now think that I wasn't worth that much. Mm-hmm. And so the next call, I said to myself, I don't know if I said it out loud, but I said to myself, I'm going to take whatever comes up next because wow. the next couple interviews didn't go as well and or I wasn't getting as, as much uh, response and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so... So you were in a sense of desperation at that point. Yeah, I was in a sense of desperation. That's a good word. Just getting what I can get. And it doesn't mean that there's times that you don't just get what you can get, but are you aspiring still for more? Right, right. I didn't... Uh, so in that whole mentality, when I got to the job, my mentality was to get back to that 40 that I initially thought I was worth. It took me a couple of years. And uh, so, yeah, I, I can see how limiting belief in ourselves can cause us to have less as yes. a whole, as a, as a household. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I can go more into that, but we're going to leave it there. That's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. We definitely got to talk about that. Limiting beliefs. Yes. Yeah. All right. We're not going to get on the systemic. Although no, maybe we, we will. Can, we can get on the systemic, but it's, you know. Let's have, start with us. Start with us. All right. So starting with us. We're now going to segue to what I call, guess what, Tiff? The topic of the day. The topic of the day. Yeah, I should see him dancing over here. Well, they're not going to get that now because that was part of the intro. <laughs> anyway, so Tiffany, the topic of today is... Again, what is really like to budget with my spouse part two, Tiffany's perspective. So the next voice you're going to hear is Tiffany just having a room, having a mic and just going in. I hope she wasn't going in on me, but she's just going in on what her perspective is, is how it is to budget with her husband. The wallet coach. <laughs> Mr. Wallet coach. I'm Mr. Wallet. Right. I'm Mrs. Wallet coach. That's right. So how do you get to take the title of the Wallet Coach? I don't know. I just thought that was our name, the Wallet Coach. Anyway, play see, that back. You'll see that it he was directing the Wallet Coach to himself. To myself. Yes. Well, you gotta. You know, you just talked about limited thinking. I am Wallet Coach. Aren't I, you Wallet Coach? I sure am. But there has to be some um, defining titles in front of that. Okay. I don't know if this is gonna make the cut or not, but you. Are you ready to get into the topic of the day? I was born ready. You, <laughs> you see what I got to deal with, y'all? All right. You can only imagine what our budget meetings are like. Oh, actually, you're going to find out how it is in this next episode, according to me. Let's get to it. Hi, this is Tiffany Alexander with Wallet Coach. And this is my perspective on how it is to budget with my husband, Jason Alexander, who spoke on part one of what it's really like to budget with my spouse. So just a little bit about myself. I'm pretty much a black and white person. Um, I like process. I like order. I like to know where my money is at all times. And with that um, mindset, it could be a little difficult when you have um, a spouse whose mindset is a little bit more fluid 
and a little bit uh, less rigid, I should say. So essentially my process with preparing for a budget meeting, as Jason mentioned in the first episode, the way we do it is we sit down, once we've established a date, we sit down and talk about our budget. And for me, that takes some preliminary work. Specifically, I keep a log of different things I would like to spend for the next month while I'm in a previous month. So for instance, this is November and what I do is I look at what I want to spend in December while I'm in November so I can write it down. And so when the budget meeting comes around, I can go ahead and just be able to say what I would like to spend in a certain category. And I am mostly responsible for home supplies, food, things that keep the house running is the main items that I look at. I also look at some things that, you know, I would like to do or what to do as a family, giving, things of that sort, so that we can incorporate into the budget. So one of the things I also look at is birthdays, celebrations, things of that sort. What do we want to put in our budget for the month? Or if it's something where it's something you had to plan further ahead, you know, what is uh, an amount that we can put aside in the budget starting next month to be able to handle that expense when it comes. So I keep this type of list in something called any list. You can do it on any type of um, platform or, or your notes or things of that sort, but I like to keep it in any list and I keep it in a category called other budget items. And I just list out what it is, how much it costs, and I tend to have a running list in that because I may not necessarily be able to have it on our next month's budget, but maybe two months from now we'll be able to handle that expense. But it gives it's a way to kind of give a mindset of, okay, this is what I want to end up spending in a couple of months. And it kind of allows me to kind of just have goals and a wish list of sorts, what to do with our money. So I keep this list and I say, Jason, this is what's going to be happening next month. Do you have anything to add to it? And this is how much I want to spend. So for instance, we have set categories that pretty much the money amount does not change. So home supplies, we always stick to a certain amount. And I just work with that budget, food, that can go up and down depending on the time of year. And so I just tell him, this is what I want to spend. What do you want to spend in? And um, my husband is very ambitious. And so he has a lot of financial goals and different ways of doing things where I'm more of uh, a conservative, not as much of a risk taker with our finances. And so sometimes that can be difficult because we're just I'm just thinking of the here and now and maybe not necessarily as much in the future and how we're going to get to um, the, the vision that Jason has for our family financially. And that can be tough because that comes with risk. And when you have somebody who's, like I said, black and white, kind of want to make sure my money is safe and not having too much um, hands-off approach to my money. Um, and I like to know what's going on with, with, with our money at all times. And I don't like... The fluctuations that come with things like investing and things of that sort, but I know they're all kind of necessary evils in a sense to the point that you have to take some type of risk with your money 
to grow. It's just a matter of agreeing on what type of risk to take. So sometimes that can cause some um, uh, disagreements as far as, you know, who whose idea needs to go forth now versus later. And ultimately, I have come to a point where I am trying to really allow my husband to operate in not only his gifts, but what I believe is his role as a man, as a provider, to basically um, take on the responsibility to ensure that our financial household is in order. And whatever mistakes happen, whatever successes happen, you know, that's on him. I can give advice, I can give input, I can even disagree, but at the end of the day, you know, I'm entrusting the man that God has given me to make the decisions for our family that are not to harm us, but to help us. And so while there are disagreements, there are, it comes with some needing to trust not only him, but trusting God that the money that he's entrusted us to will be used to um, glorify him and will be used in the way that he wants it to be used. And that's not even just like on a broad scan of the, uh, a broad spectrum. That's even on a month to month basis, you know, knowing what money needs to be allocated to where and to whom so that we're never stuck in a mindset of this is my money. Right. And I think sometimes we're kind of taught that, you know, go to school, go to work, this is your money, you earned it, go spend it how you want to. But that's not what life is all about. Life is about giving. And life is also about being good stewards of our money. And that includes being able to spend on yourself, of course. And so once this list is, is you know, given to Jason, we, we put it into a spreadsheet. We also put it in an app that we like to use. And the spreadsheet is really great because we break it down by week or by the Jason gets paid once a week. And so with that, um, we are breaking it down by week, how much money we have in each in each week. And so the challenge is, of course, is making sure whatever expenses towards the first of the month are already taken care of, either with that first paycheck or the last month's last month's last paycheck. And so that's just moving numbers around and seeing what fits and seeing, okay, well, do you need this now? Or can it wait towards the third check or the fourth check? Or can it wait another time? You know, talking through that. And that can be challenging too, because you're balancing wants and needs between two people. And as we know, we all want what we want and we don't always get what we want when we want it. And that's that's honestly part of marriage in general is just sacrificing and being okay with letting someone have something that they want that month. You know, for instance, Jason went to get some new clothes and I was like, really? Like you want all that money to get new clothes? And he's like, yeah, like, why not? But you know, I went to a store recently and I spent some clothes too. So it's, it's that give and take and, and really just knowing that, you know, the money is meant to be shared 
It's not meant to be hoarded by one. It's not meant to be controlled by one or the other. You're supposed to have a communication and a communal effort to be able to spend the money the way that you said that you're going to spend it together. Now, of course, we get our own personal money as well. So with that, no one has any control over what I do with my personal money, and I don't have any control over what he does with his personal money. And the rest of the money pretty much is a joint decision outside of random giving and um, homeless money. You know, th the rest of it is pretty much we, we need to agree on, on what, what to give, and we need to really talk about it before we spend it. Um, so that we make sure that no one is overspending in one category. But that's really where the budgeting app that we use is really crucial because we're able to um, track our expenses as they go along so that we both know what's going on with our money at the same time and not thinking that there's $10 left in food when there's really none, right? And so that's been really helpful, having one account on that budgeting app so that we can both peer into or look into what it is that we're spending and making sure that we stay on track. And it's worked for us. It's, it's worked for us to be able to have that meeting, adjust our budget as necessary. And then at the end of the month, looking at like, how do we spend? Like, ooh, kind of went a little crazy on food you know, because I didn't feel like cooking as much, for instance, so we ate out, and so that means that there's, we spent more in that category, and we may have spent less in another one, so it's kind of like it's balancing out, but it's not something that is a shock to us at the end of the month. We've been monitoring it and saying, okay, we overspent in food, so one of these other categories have to be reduced, and then we look at it at the end of the month, and we just think about, like, what do we need to do for next month? Do, is this a, is this a pattern or is this was this just a one-time thing? If this is a one-time thing, it's like okay, we keep the budget the same. That budget category the, the same or that spending plan category the same. But if it's something that um, is different or we think that is going to change, then we need to go ahead and adjust that amount, whether make it higher or lower, or to eliminate altogether. Like we don't, don't for instance, dry cleaning is, is a good example. We weren't doing dry cleaning, especially during this pandemic. There was no need to do dry cleaning. We weren't really going anywhere uh, special or anything like that, but we had a wedding to go to. And now all of a sudden this wedding, you know, requires formal gear. So we had to dust off Jason's suit and put in the dry cleaner. So now that is a new budget item for us because there is a possibility that other formal events or business events could come up where we would want to do dry cleaning. And so your your budget or your spending plan is just a moving target. It's, it's just something you, you monitor and it, it really gives you the freedom. I know we always think about restrictions and that's why we're trying to move away from the word budget because budget is restrictive. Spending plan is kind of just telling you, telling yourself what you want to do with your money. And we all know when you have a plan, you're more likely to follow it and you're more likely to feel like you're in control of what's going on versus, you know, just throwing your money to the wind or feeling like you're restricted and can't do anything. Money essentially was designed for us to enjoy and to give and to, you know, be able to live off of, right? 
So overall, it can be a headache working the budget, but it's iron sharpens iron, honestly. It's it's opportunity for us to better our communication, opportunity to learn each other's desires and wants as we traverse through our marriage, as we go through our marriage and we're we're always knowing what the other person's plan we're always knowing what the other person's plan is for the money and talking through it so that we can make um, progress on our financial goals that we have. And so I encourage anyone who's married to have those conversations, those hard conversations with your spouse about what you want, what they want, and what's best for the family so that you guys um, can improve your relationship. It's not meant to divide. Improve your relationship and be able to accomplish the financial goals that you have because you, you don't want to get to a situation where you're at the end of your life and you're at the end of your money and at the end of your marriage because you weren't willing to sit down, talk to your spouse about the finances, come up with a plan and operate together and strengthen each other not even just financially, but strengthen each other, you know, spiritually and, you know, mentally and just kind of strategizing how you're going to do things. And it's really a blessing to be able to do that on a month-to-month basis. And for those of you who are single, I encourage you to sit down and go through those numbers and see what you need to spend on and maybe get an accountability partner if you're having struggles with you know, staying with the money that you say you want to spend in a certain category. Or for instance, if you have an issue with impulse shopping and you say, you know, anything over $100, I need to call my accountability partner and talk through it to see whether or not it's really a need or if it's just a want. I actually did that before Jason and I got married. I had accountability and a friend and I was like, can you be my accountability partner in the event that I spend this much money over, you know, to this much money to do something? And they say, yeah. And it's just good to have that because sometimes we get stuck in our own little mindset and we're, you know, it's it's harder to be accountable to ourselves. And it's that's just interesting that we're it's harder for us to be accountable to ourselves. It's interesting that it's harder to be accountable to ourselves because, you know, it's it's funny how we're more likely to want to please other people in some instances than to want to please ourselves and what we want with our money. So you heard it straight from Tiffany Alexander giving her perspective on what it's like to budget with her spouse. The amazing Jason Alexander. (laughs) No, all jokes aside, she dropped some really good gems. Thank you, Tiffany. And that's our episode for this week. So like, subscribe, share, and give us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. So until next time, remember, if you change your mind, you change your wallet, you change your life. And it doesn't matter what you make. It's what you do with what you make. So go out there and have some good conversations. Till next time. Peace.